I wasn't there at the moment when my life and the life of my family forever changed. But from the accounts I later heard from our employees, as well as exhaustive records and depositions, I can reconstruct the scene as if I had been there. On that morning, I was having blood drawn in a routine physical. All right, Charlie, this is a good vein. All you'll feel is a little sting, the nurse said. Meanwhile, down the street at my office, a busload of 64 IRS agents was landing like an army on an enemy beach. It began early on the morning of Thursday, September 1st, 1994, the opening day of dove season. Opening day is nearly a holiday to our family and many others in Texas, but otherwise a typical business day. At 7.45 a.m., the 33 employees of Moncrief Oil began arriving for work. First to show up was our petroleum engineer, Scott Boulin, 33, and our geologist, Mark Cook, 36. Mark began the day sprawled flat on the carpet, either resting his bad back or just goofing off, while Scott tried to fix Mark's broken-down computer. Outside, in front of our building, called the Moncrief Building, in downtown Fort Worth, Texas, Two men sat quietly in an unmarked car. They didn't give a damn about Dove. They were hunting different game. Their windows were fogged with nervous breath. Maybe there was a song on the radio, and this being Fort Worth, it would have to be a country song, a tune about too much cheating and too many broken hearts. The Moncrief building occupies a full city block at the corner of Ninth and Commerce Streets. It's a white marble three-story building headquarters of our third-generation independent oil family. The building was built by my grandfather, one of the pioneer wildcatters, the late W.A. Monty Moncrief. We're 100% family-owned, and we intend to stay that way, unincorporated and independent, he liked to brag, and we still follow his philosophy. That the building sits squarely in the middle of downtown Fort Worth is also significant. Fort Worth is where the west begins and where the east peters out. It's a million mental miles away from that showboat city 45 minutes to the east, Dallas. Some say that Dallas, Fort Worth, is becoming one big homogenized metropolis. But the people saying that don't really know how different Fort Worth is. A laid-back town, instead of an uptight city, where everybody knows everybody. The late local writer Jerry Flemons wrote that, in Fort Worth, high society is always one generation removed from flour sack underwear. The two men got out of the unmarked car. Wearing pistols on their hips, they walked through our unlocked double glass doors and took the elevator to the second floor. They stood silently in the doorway at Mark Cook's office for a second or two before speaking. Get away from that computer, the older agent barked. Scott saw a gray-haired man flashing a badge standing beside a younger, shorter man. IRS, said the younger man. The use of the word IRS shocked Scott Boulin. He threw up his hands and backed away from the desk, trying to remember the details of his last tax return. Finally, he asked, "'Are you after me?' Thinking this is surely an extravagant practical joke, the geologist Mark Cook didn't even rise from the floor. "'Get up!' the men barked in unison. "'What are you doing down there?' Looking at the badges and pistols. "'Is it about back taxes?' Scott repeated. This is a criminal investigation of the Moncrease family business, one of the agents said. We have a search warrant. We're taking over the building and confiscating the files. Scott's first reaction was relief, immediately followed by shock. Well, that's none of my business, he told the agents. I'll have to call Mr. Moncrief. He meant my dad, W.A. 
protects Moncrief. You're not calling anybody, instructed the older agent. You're going downstairs. Do you have any weapons? asked the other. This being Fort Worth, a great many people carry guns. There's a nine-millimeter pistol in my briefcase, Mark said. He surrendered the handgun. Then both he and Scott reached for their briefcases. Leave those behind, said the agent. Everything in the building's now evidence, and that includes briefcases. Where's your search warrant? asked Mark. Yeah, let's see your warrant, echoed Scott. How do we know you're not just two guys off the street flashing badges? One of the agents yanked out a copy of a poorly copied search warrant and then pulled it away before the boys could read the fine type. Warrant enough. Flanked by the agents, Mark and Scott were led down the hallway and downstairs into the executive first-floor lunchroom, which we call the dungeon. It's a cramped room equipped with two dining tables and twelve chairs. 